world of e-commerce can be tricky, and that's why you need the experts to help take you to the next level. This is Delivering E-Commerce, and this is Chris Parsons. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Delivering E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chris Parsons. I'm very excited to introduce another friend of mine in the industry, Chi Chuk. Chi, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks, Chris. It's great to be on. So, Chi, we've worked together in the past over at Big Al's, and uh, we did some great work there for um, a couple of years. And and then we uh, also actually uh, launched a brand together, uh, TidyLiving.com, worked on uh, a number of things coming out of the Shenzhen, Shenzhen market and uh, created this brand, which was really exciting uh, for us to do. I would like, that's all I know about your career. Um, so I would love for you to be able to tell the audience about your journey, how you ended up to where you are today. Um, I think it's really important for people to understand the journeys that we all take in in retail and how exciting it can be. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, yeah, my background's in creative advertising and design, but my love of food had me in culinary for quite a few years. Um, my family started growing and I wanted to spend more time with them. So I, I took some time off to be a stay-at-home uh, stay dad uh, until my youngest daughter started daycare. I didn't really want to go back to the, the long hours in a restaurant, so I decided to change directions. And that's that's what brought me to Big Al's as part of the online um, customer service team, which led me to being the manager of customer service for uh, both e-com and retail for Big Al's. And that's where you and I met, Chris. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. Then fast forward a few years, then that's where I joined you at Tidy Living, like you're mentioning, where you were the CEO. And I had the pleasure of uh, being the director of customer engagement and marketplaces there. And we launched a few great initiatives there, um, built up quite a few marketplaces at that time with Amazon, eBay, Wayfair, Walmart, House, Jet. I think that's just a, a few of them. I'm probably forgetting uh, a whole bunch of others that we did. Um, yeah. And even from there, we worked on a few other projects and brands. Um, and then I spoke to Adam, um, the director of e-commerce at Big Al's, and they wanted to grow their presence on Amazon further than uh, the fulfillment by merchant that they were doing. So I went back to help them launch the, their FBA and the Vendor Central side. Um, yeah, so I led the efforts for the Amazon business, and we got it to pretty much where the D2C was and even beyond. And that's where I realized I really enjoyed like building brands, launching brands on Amazon and just the Amazon platform. And I had a few opportunities to work directly with the Amazon team. Um, and from there, that's where I connected with uh, Rand Ravitz. And that brings me to where I am today. Uh, Rand's the CEO of e-commerce pathways, uh, the agency that I'm with, uh, we're a full service uh, agency and we heavily focused on Amazon. So I started as a senior account manager a few years back and now I lead all of the, um, the account management there. So I love it because we get to work with great clients. We're always building new brands, doing something new, um, and that's my passion is just launching brands, seeing them grow. And I don't know. I think that's, that's awesome. That's what I enjoy. And I got to say like the journey was knowledgeable. It was fun. Uh, you played a big role in it and encouraged me to go after my passions. And I think everyone that worked with you felt probably the same way. And I know that you like to mentor and help others. So I'm thinking or wondering if that's one of the reasons you started this podcast as well. Yeah. I mean, first Chi, let's, let's, I'll, I'll answer that question. Hopefully I remember once I get through this little diatribe, but um, <laughs> what I, what I really loved about your journey there is 
you know, let's let's touch base on the customer service side that you you were running for for Big Al's. So you're you're doing this, and that's that's enough. That's a full time job in its own. But what I loved about you and what you um, what any of our listeners should inspire to was you didn't stop there. You took it upon yourself to really dive into eBay and Amazon at that point while I was running the core platform and add tremendous value. You went above and beyond on your day-to-day activities. This wasn't really a request. It was more of something, hey, I'm going to figure this out and add value to, to my job, myself, my company. And then all of a sudden, you started to become this expert in it. And and then when I left and I knew I knew when I wanted to get into marketplaces for for uh, for tidy living, I knew who the go-to was because not only because you knew about Amazon, but I knew that you were willing to roll up your sleeves and whatever task it was, let's figure it out together. This wasn't let's debate and try to find experts, was let's just figure it out. And I love that about your energy, your personality to just dive into something and say, you know what, I'm not going to let this new technology um, make me afraid. I'm going to go and I'm going to learn. I'm going to Google. I'm going to search. I'm going to figure this out. And I love that about you. Um, so kudos for you because it's it's paid off in your career. Um, for me, the question you asked was, why am I doing this? Absolutely. I love mentoring. I mean, look at my LinkedIn profile, look at the recommendations of people that I've had the pleasure of working with. Um, I focus on trying to get the best out of the associates, not having them stay in their lane, making sure that they feel comfortable to test and learn um, and sometimes fail. Um, let's just not fail over and over again. Let's learn quickly from it. But that's why I started this up. I mean, there's so many people that don't have good coaches and don't have good mentors in our organization. And if they can listen to this and take away some nuggets to go back and implement with, whether it's their teams or best practice to go and implement on on uh, either a marketplace or on their core platform, then then I've done my job. It's about a community here. It's it's still a very small community of of e-commerce experts, and um, we we need to grow it in order to elevate e-commerce for the for all of Canada. Yeah, definitely. We gotta be comfortable to to feel uncomfortable and and learn. And that's the only thing. It's, I'm learning every day. I think we're all learning. There's always something new, and e-commerce is going to keep growing. And so I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, student of retail is what I call it. I'm, I'm a student of retail. I post articles all the time because those articles are something I've taken an insight away, a nugget from. And um, I think we just need to continuously learn. And, and I, I go out and I share that information back on LinkedIn because I want others to pick up on that knowledge too. So let's get into where you are today and your expertise. The hot topic is obviously Amazon. So, you know, when, when you're speaking with a client that wants to engage on, on Amazon and you know, take advantage of their millions of, of prime subscribers, um, what's the starting point? How does that conversation even start with you guys? Yeah, I guess we just got to see their, their goals, like what they want to do on Amazon, what they want to do when they're getting on the platform. Is it, is it more generating more sales? Is it getting more brand awareness? So I think that's the starting point. We we like to have a kickoff call, understand the brand, understand their goals and where they want to go. And we pretty much take it from there and we set out the plan. Um, and there's there's quite a few ways that we can go. So I think the main thing between the two or the big question for a lot of people is the difference between seller central and, and vendor central, the, the both the 3P models and the 1P model. So let's dive into that. Let's uh, Let's first talk about the differences between the two. 
so we can make it super clear because I know when you when you have clients, some of them are already trying to sell on Amazon. Some of them have never even you know set up either option. So when you're explaining the difference between the two, what is what is Amazon Seller Central first and foremost? Yeah. So okay. So Amazon Seller Central is pretty much your third party uh, platform. So you're selling directly to the customers, and you're either fulfilling it which is uh, fulfilled by merchant or utilizing uh, Amazon service, which is a FBA the fulfillment by Amazon. So this is where Amazon would handle the pick pack and shipping, uh, the returns, the customer service here as a seller, you have like a lot more control uh, over the inventory, over the pricing, the logistics. Um, I'll, I'll say the dashboard is a, a bit more user friendly and easier to navigate. Um, there's a lot more to it, but I think that's the, the gist of seller central. Uh, the vendor central side is the the first party side of Amazon. So that's more closer to the traditional retail where Amazon or more so their algorithm places the POs. Um, you're giving it to them at wholesale pricing and the products are shipped and sold by Amazon. So and pretty much everything is managed within the, the vendor central platform. And it's I would say that's more um, closer to traditional and as, uh, relationship as a as a customer of yours, you can play in both roles. You can you can be on as seller central, and you can list your products, and you can um, you can have a hybrid. You can be shipping direct from your own logistics center, or you can leverage FBA because you're going to do a ton of tonnage uh, volume from them, and it's easier to have it in a in a DC with Amazon to just get that that logistical discount and ship it out. Or you can participate in that model of the vendor central where you list a bunch of SKUs that you're able to fulfill for them and they send you a, an order on a regular basis, correct? Yeah, exactly. So on that side, so on the, on the vendor central side, yeah, you're getting the POs. Like every Monday, the POs are coming in. You list your products and the orders come in and you fulfill them and send them all right out to their DCs. Um, and there, there are a lot of clients that do uh, both. They do a hybrid model. And it, it all depends, I guess. There's pros and cons to both, and there's there's different reasons why you'd want to be on one versus the other. Um, a lot of times, it's just some brands or manufacturers are already set up um, for that tr traditional relationship, or they have large, heavy products that are too 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 heavy or too high in fulfillment cost. Or even on the other side, on the flip side, they have products that are really small, low cost that wouldn't be profitable if they're selling it on. Uh, seller central because of the shipping fees, the, the FBA rates don't make sense. So they either have to sell them in larger formats, uh, like in the case packs, or they have to bundle them and sell them that way just so it's profitable. So there's a, there's a little bit of both. On, uh, so it, it all depends on the product and I guess how the the client or the business is set up. And, and you, yeah. with, your, with your clients, are you finding them um, more a retailer based or are you getting a lot of manufacturers now wanting to go direct to consumer through an Amazon marketplace? Uh, majority of our clients, um, I'll say yeah, at least 90% of our clients are all manufacturers and brands. So they're, they're just direct to um, direct to Amazon. Yeah. And, and this is the piece I want to make clear to anyone that's listening on the retail side, because, you know, marketplaces are empowering this, this type of behavior um, where, you, the retailer is kind of left out of the equation where I think retailers can play a big role is developing that rapport with customers. Um, so we retailers need to find a place in this new reality where 
your manufacturer and suppliers can go direct and have a one-to-one relationship through a marketplace with a consumer. Um, retail can still play a big role, um, being part of those marketplaces, curating content, making a store, because you can have a store on Amazon from a store perspective and have them come to your site versus if a manufacturer does it, it's a really isolated view of, let's say, your vacuum manufacturer. It's going to be only your specific brands of vacuum. That's not the best way for a consumer to shop. They're going to want options and choices. And a retailer can really participate by curating those relationships both with the customer and multiple suppliers and manufacturers to have a a really robust store. Yeah, definitely. Because that's what I see. Amazon... Amazon's been pushing a lot of wholesalers and retailers off of the the 1P vendor model, and they're kind of pushing them towards Seller Central. So they're trying to make Vendor Central strictly manufacturers now. They just want to get it directly from the source at the lowest cost. And you'll see, like, even if there's uh, right now, there's a few distributors or manufacturers, I mean, distributors or or resellers on uh, Vendor Central their their peels are getting smaller and they're trying to they keep encouraging and inviting the manufacturers directly and they're pushing everyone else to uh the seller central model i guess that makes sense i mean amazon in the us i'm sure you saw the report um the other week where they opened up their email list they're going to be testing that out in the us market allowing manufacturers or sellers to be able to connect with consumers so if vendor central is is the direction for manufacturers to be taking part um you know, or seller central, sorry, this is, this is a great avenue for them because they're going on there. They don't necessarily acquire customers very easily being a a single brand. But when you have Amazon with it's what close to 400 million prime memberships now in the U S or in, in, in totality, um, they can now leverage that, that curated email list, which is, which is going to be a game changer. I think what are are your thoughts on that whole initiative? Yeah. I was surprised that they actually did that. Because uh, Amazon has always been very, very restrictive and secretive with uh, their customers. And even like their emails are all encrypted. You can't reach out. There's a lot of regulations and policies against uh, marketing materials going out through uh, their ecosystem, through their messaging. So it's it's encouraging to see that they are opening that up. There's still a bit of restrictions. Like you can only reach out to uh, customers that are following your brand. Right. Um, kind of like an opt-in. They have to opt-in. One, they either have to make a purchase brand. They have to opt into uh, Amazon Posts. So that's like um, it's pretty much like Instagram of Amazon. Um, it's available in the U.S. I know they're trying to roll it out into Canada, but it's where you have like the social feed and you can follow brands on Amazon. So right now, at the moment, that's all they're allowing you you to connect with your followers. But it's a start, and I think I think it's a good start. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so let's talk a little bit about international. You cover international. When you when your site, I was reading it over, talks about international. Are you referring to Canada selling into the U.S. or are you talking about globally? Well, we're talking globally. So we do already help a lot of um, clients, the Canadian brands, get into the U.S. or vice versa, uh, the U.S. market coming here. But we also help brands reach out if they want to go to um, the other markets like the U.K., Amazon, China, Japan. So, so it's a huge opportunity there. Um, it's something that we're still working on and with just a few clients, but it's an opportunity that's available and to reach out to different markets. Um, everything's different there. Like the way you optimize the keywords that you're doing, the, the way that you advertise, it's a completely, 
it's similar, similar concept, but I would say it's like a completely different game. Yeah, and, and that's why people will come to your organization to get that expertise versus trying to figure this out uh, on their own. Um, and, you know, I always say, like, there's certain things you want to be the expert on, and then there's other things. Let's just go and get the experts to help. Yeah, definitely. And, and what's great is we, we work closely, and we have a lot of contacts directly at Amazon. Um, international markets, a lot of the team here, like, we go visit the Amazon team, um, like, at, at the Toronto offices, I know Rand flies out to the headquarters and meets with the team there. So that helps knowing the team because uh, sometimes we can have a we can just have a quick call with them, uh, pick their brain, um, and and see how we can move into like a different market or what regulations or policies we have to follow when we're trying to expand different clients to to the different markets. That's great. Um, so we've talked about the three different options. So to just recap on that, the Amazon Seller Central, Amazon Vendor Central, and international folks can reach out to you guys. Chi, um, usually I save this to the end, but since we're here um, with this question, is people are probably already like, how do I get a hold of this guy? How do, how do we connect so we can get support with our Amazon business? Yeah, for sure. So you, you can always reach out to me like directly on LinkedIn. Uh, you can send me an email, uh, chi at ecommercepathways.com. Um, for any quotes or anything in depth, you can always reach out right to, to Rand Ravitz or even just send an email to, to info at ecommercepathways.com and anyone on our team will be happy to help and get, and get in touch and even just add me on LinkedIn just so we network and talk e-commerce, talk Amazon. Fantastic. Um, so the next piece I wanted to get into is, you know, one of the things that um, I knew a little bit about, but as we started working on Tidy Living together was the A-plus content and how important it was for us to get the right descriptions and all the uh, the metadata and all of the um, attributes of an item and images and videos. And, you know, <clears throat> I think that was part of the success that Tidy Living started to have was we were adding rich content, the A-plus content that Amazon basically coined. Um, how, how important is that overall, not on just on Amazon, but in e-commerce yeah so like the the a plus enhanced brand content um to me plays a key role like a a good big role in the product detail page but it goes hand in hand with and supports like the overall listing optimizations um for anyone that's not too familiar uh you can consider the a plus as the visual product description so if you're on a product page or you're scrolling on a product on Amazon, instead of just a block of text, you have the visuals, you have the images, more product details, there's charts, there's comparisons. Um, so that's that's what the A plus is. Um, it's only available to brands that are brand registered. Um, and it's only one of the tools that you get access to. So you, you get access to like the brand store page, uh, sponsored brand uh, ads, uh, brand analytics, um, brand posts, like we were talking about earlier. So to me, it plays a a big role in indexing and and ranking, but you have to understand how Amazon's algorithm works. They they call it their A9 algorithm, which is pretty much Amazon's SEO. Uh, a listing should be retail ready or what Amazon considers retail ready. That's pretty much just having the titles, the bullets, and the, the descriptions. Um, they need to be clear. They need to be accurate and describe the product. You need to have like a minimum of four pictures. Uh, the product needs to be in stock, of course, uh, you should have 15 reviews of at least like a three and a half stars or so. But sometimes like the old way of thinking was stuff like, let's just stuff everything with keywords, stuff the, the yeah. title, stuff, <laughs> stuff the, the bullets, the description of keywords. But Amazon, Amazon knows that. 
and customers are picking up on it. Amazon will actually penalize you at some points if you are you're just stuffing it too much. So it's more about being relevant. Um, so with the A plus, what it is is, I think it's more of helping um, the consumer with the sale, and and that in turn helps with the the, the ranking. Um, because like what I'm saying is, a customer would should purchase the product right right when they get to the page and they see the the title the pictures and the and um the bullets if they're scrolling down to the a plus that means they're they haven't been completely sold uh from what's above so they want to know more so this is where we have the chance to to highlight the the value proposition the brand story we we get to include additional images beyond the few images after the main one and we get to put more information um, Amazon does scrape the the A plus for some of the keywords and what you have in, in the back end, but again, to me, I think this is more important for the uh, for the consumer. But ultimately, obviously, it, it it's what drives better ranking is more sales. So right. that definitely so you, helps. You talked about a couple of things there. So keyword stuffing for anyone that's not familiar with that um, phrase, but keyword stuffing is. You know, at the end of this video, I'm going to post it on uh, on Spotify and, and YouTube. And if I want to keyword stuff, I would blast all of my tags with Amazon on there. So anyone searching Amazon uh, for whatever reason on either of those platforms would end up finding my video. Now they may bounce because the information that I'm actually providing in the in in the video is not related to what they're looking for. So keyword stuffing is it gets you an audience, but ultimately it's not a quality audience in a lot of cases because you've stuffed it with just relevant terms like drop shipping or 3PL or Amazon over and over again. But um, so Amazon's picked up on that, you said, and it's not the best way to rank anymore, which is which is great because it just creates a better customer experience when, when people stop doing that type of stuff. Um, <clears throat> the other piece that you, uh, you mentioned was in that whole journey of setting up the, the items and the content, um, <clears throat> getting those attributes, are you finding that dealers and your partners now they get it. They've got all of those attributes to make it a smoother setup. Because I know when you, you and I were trying to set up stuff for, for Big Owls, a lot of that content was not available. Like you, you really had to search it elsewhere to to get those those attributes, and then go back and rebuild your items over and over again. Are you finding that's changed over the last number of years? Yeah, there's there's a lot more tools out there now um, that you can do competitive research. You can do keyword research and and get more information. Um, like two that comes to mind is Helium 10 is a big one, Jungle Scout's another, but there's there's tons of tools out there that you can pretty much, you can you can see what other ASINs are doing. You can see the top competitors. You can see who's which products are ranking the best for certain terms. So there's a, there's a lot of research um, on the, the keywords and the competitors and even the reviews. Like we'll pull reviews from your competitors to see the pros and the cons. What, what are people looking for what are they complaining about what are the, the top one to three stars most complain about issues what are the top four to five stars and we want to address those right so those are those are the things you want to address and i think the big thing is setting setting customer expectations because you, you can write all these things in a, in a listing but when the customer gets it if they're not happy the product's not good it's not happy it's not meeting what you claimed it would that's where you get the bad reviews but if you create the listings and a customer goes in knowing exactly what they're purchasing and they have that expectation set before they even receive the product, I think you're already one step closer to that five-star. 
That's great. And then you also touched on registering your brand. And I remember doing this for Tidy Living. It was someone else had a lot of similar products and registering our brand. We had to prove UCPs and a, a number of other uh, pieces of information, but it was so important that we got that done. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what a brand should do when they first set up to just make sure they're protecting their their content? Yeah, f- the first thing, I think even if, even if you're not currently selling on Amazon or a seller on Amazon, just to protect your your brand, you can create a brand registry account and register all the trademarks that you have available. So that way, any content and all your intellectual properties are all protected. Um, so I think that's the first step uh, is just you have registering all your trademarks. So now before Amazon used to only let you uh, be fully registered if you have like a fully registered trademark. So no pending, no pending trademarks, nothing that's uh, processing but they've opened that up. So they they're a little more lenient now. And even then um, people can go through like an IP accelerator. So if you're using one of Amazon's uh, like partnered law firms to register your trademark, then you get early access to that. So I think that's probably the first step is getting brand registry for all your trademarks. The next thing uh, would be to make sure that your UPCs are all registered with GS1. Because Amazon's, they picked up on that a lot of, before, and you can go to like eBay and buy a set of like 200 UPCs from who knows where, and then just attach it to Am- like to a listing on Amazon. But now Amazon's, they're taking the UPCs you put in or the GTINs, and they're crossing it across the GS1 uh, database. So I think the main thing is yeah, any UPCs you get should be registered with with GS1 under your like company prefix. So they're doing more authentication to just protect people, which is which is great because it's easy to go out and buy UCPs. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of people are doing that. <laughs> you go buy them at bulk, and then as long as it's never being used on Amazon, you can just plug it in and create whatever product you want. So they're getting a lot more strict on on that end. Good. Um, so we've been chatting for almost a half an hour now about Amazon and and how people participate. So they're, the listeners are sitting here going. Okay, so how long does this take? When when a customer engages with you, what's your time frame? What's your roadmap with them to go to market? Yeah, to me, it really depends on a few factors. Like, the, I guess the main one is the size of the catalog. Um, if the brand, if they are a brand, if the brand is registered or if they have pending trademarks, um, what assets they have, what content they have ready, or how quickly they can turn around requests for these assets. Um, so I'm just talking about like images, product images, anything like videos, things that we need. And a big part of it too um, is the the structure of the organization and, and the approval process. Because sometimes certain asks or certain requests has to go through different departments. So that that all plays a part. But overall, um, I think like overall we get started on things right away while we we build out the, the work back schedule and we have a targeted go live date. So if we're working in batches of uh, like products and priority then and we have everything aligned i'm pretty sure like we can get a client up within the first four to six weeks but right off the bat where we're on the keyword research the the competitor analysis working on brand registry uh putting together the listing optimizations like the titles the bullets um working on our image recommendations and we're already laying out the a plus drafting the brand store and creating a strategy for the uh, the campaigns but yeah usually a go live date we're, we're looking within the first two months on yeah. at least the top priority products. 
That's great. And then when you're speaking with your clients and you've set out that four to six weeks launch date comes, you know, a guy like me, who's, you know, very analytical into the numbers, I'm going to be looking for success and a return on my investment as soon as possible. How do you set and measure? How do you measure success one? And then how do you set those expectations? Because, you know, when, when we've launched it with different brands, it's not overnight in some cases. And all of a sudden you just get sales um, really quickly. So there's, there's times where it's day one and then there's times where it's, it's a journey. So how do you set those expectations? Yeah, uh, to me, I guess it, it would all depend on what the goals are. But if it's to me, it's ultimately overall uh, overall growth uh, on and off Amazon. But th that's what we want to see: is the brand looking for just conversion, or are they looking for more awareness? Because if it's awareness, then we're going to be measuring the traffic, the impressions, the the reach, uh, new to brand clients uh, on and off Amazon. Are they getting more traffic to their D 2 C now? Um, if it's conversion driven, then it's going to be the numbers. Are are we hitting what? forecasting or what we're projecting and then certain things you can't measure like the the halo effect like I, I can't i'm trying to remember i can't remember where i read it but nowadays like a lot of customers a lot of people go on amazon to search for a product to, to see the reviews to learn more about that brand or that product before they even go to google before they even go to the the d2c uh website so yeah amazon is definitely the number one search engine for products now and um you, you said it you know that could impact people buying directly from your own core platform because they've done the research on Amazon, but then they just end up buying from your core site or they could make a trip to store and buy it to store. And they've done the, the due diligence and research to, from Amazon and there's no attribution model for that. Yeah, no, definitely. So there's, there's a few things that we can track. Like we can see like the sessions or the page views. And if we're seeing that as high page views and low conversion, so you can be thinking, is it, a price issue is it a product issue but then if you're seeing a lift on the retail side or you're seeing your d2c without any advertising more than your organic or the few google ads that you're running is all of a sudden climbing then there's something that's that's there and we can measure it through like there's attributions that we can run now mm -hmm. so there's a few things but yes yeah, still certain things it's, it's hard to measure but depending Great. on the goals you can always set up different kpis and try to reach those goals it's, it's, it's so interesting, you know, marketplace is still relatively new. If you look at the overall time frame of, of Amazon being in Canada and um, it's, it's still in its infancy and still has a long way to, to go. Where do you think Amazon is, is going over the next um, two to five years? And, and just maybe a couple of comments on e-commerce overall. Yeah. Like Amazon, I, I just see it continue to grow and, and they're, they're moving on different paths. They're trying different things. Like for them, I think the majority of their revenue right now is through advertising. So they're, they're huge. They're making, I think they're the last I read, they were actually at a loss on the retail side, but they all their revenue is coming from advertising. So I know that's why they're pushing a lot of these, like the marketing we're talking about through like the email marketing They're they're pushing uh, new betas on like uh, Amazon live where you're doing like the shopping channel kind of thing. So there's, I think there's a lot of potential there um, for Amazon and Shopify is the next one to watch out for because right after Amazon, that's where they are. And that's pretty much all D2C is, is Shopify. I know a lot of companies, a lot of brands are moving away from uh, like Magento or any other of those e-commerce platforms and 
going right to Shopify and Shopify is now offering their uh, fulfillment service. So I think they've, they opened up a few uh, warehouses already here and I know they're expanding into the US and they're offering better rates and I think we have better fees and the more that they reach, the better their logistics will be. So I'm excited to see what Shopify has next, especially when they're going to be offering all the D2C customers a fulfillment service outside of Amazon FBA. Yeah, I love what both of these uh, these big players are doing. I do love the innovation of uh, Shopify. I love that they've really thought out how they can support um, a seller or someone that's built their own website off of their 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 core platform. And then even now what they're doing with Shopify Plus and their bigger retail customers. So um, you're right, Shopify is is definitely somebody to watch for. But um, I will say, I, I know a guy that knows a little bit about e-commerce is launching some significant things for home hardware. So watch for those guys too, because you're going to see a lot of innovation come out of uh, home hardware soon. Um, Chi, this has been an absolute pleasure. I know we can go on and on and talk about uh, Amazon and you know different buy box strategies and and all those advertising tactics, but I'm going to let the audience reach out to you and, and get those uh, nuggets from, from you directly. Thank you so much. One more time. How do people get a hold of you? Yeah, definitely. You can find me on LinkedIn, Chi uh, Chuk, or you can send me an email, Chi at ecommercepathways.com. Awesome. And I guess I got to really start sounding like a YouTuber because uh, I'm getting a ton of views, but I'm not getting a lot of likes and subscribes. So I got to ask the question to the audience, please like subscribe. Um, it helps with uh, my ranking and it helps me make sure that you're you're uh, appreciating what I'm doing. So thank you very much, everyone. Chi, thank you so much. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone. All right. You've been listening to Delivering E-Commerce. It's our passion to have on leaders and suppliers in e-commerce from around the globe, setting you and your strategy up for the next level. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with Chris on LinkedIn at Chris Parsons, on YouTube at Chris Parsons Delivering E-Commerce, and on Twitch at Chris Parsons 1976. Till next time, this is Delivering E-Commerce.